0: And his daughter arranged for a priest to visit him. So the priest comes in, and the old man had a chair beside his bed. And so the priest said, oh, you were expecting me. The old man says, no, uh, I wasn't expecting you. And he said, well, I saw the chair, empty chair, so I thought you must have known I was coming. Well, he hadn't been told he was coming. And so the old man says, oh, the chair. Then he says, close the door. I want to tell you something I've never told anyone. He said, all my life, I've never known how to pray. And I'd ask the pastor to, or the pastor would speak on prayer, but it always go straight over my head. And just never made any sense. And in frustration, please don't any one of you do this to me, I told the pastor, I get nothing out of your sermons on prayer. So the pastor gave him a book. He got to page three. There were 10 words he couldn't understand. He closed the book down and he thought, that's it. I'm just not even going to try and do anything in, in growing and developing or having a prayer life. So one day, a friend of his, Joe, says to him, look, prayer's really simple. It's just having a conversation with Jesus. So he said, look, sit down on a chair. Got a sit down a chair. Then put another chair beside it and just begin to talk to Jesus like you are talking to me right now. And he said, it's not spooky because Jesus said, I'm with you always. So I'm always there. My presence is always with you. And so he said, I tried it and I enjoyed it. And he said, now I do it for about two hours every day. He said, but I'm careful that if my daughter saw me talking to a chair, she would send me to the funny farm. (laughs) Two nights later, he died. And the daughter said, he died in peace. But she said it was strange that just as he was dying, he leaned his head over on the chair. This man went from unable to pray to a prayer life of great strength and intimacy. And it's my prayer today that God will do that for you as well. Now We know prayer is probably the most powerful weapon that God's put into our hands to change our circumstances. So the question arises, and it has to arise, why is it that so many of us really struggle to have a consistent prayer life? Why is that? I know the answer. It's really obvious. We just don't see enough answers. Because if we did, if you knew every time you prayed the answer was there, you'd pray all the time. But the re- so to some extent we kind of, how can I say, almost don't believe in prayer. We kind of do a bit, but not enough to, when something arises immediately, we pray. So I want to look at today, prayers that get God's attention. Prayers that get his attention. Are there certain kind of prayers that God almost says, oh, oh, I like that one. I think I'll answer that one. Well, I think there are. In fact, science actually proves that prayer works. The Sprensfrift Group, a scientific organization, they did research on prayer and plants. And some of you have done this with plants, I'm sure. How many of you talk to your plants? Yeah, this hand's going up. (laughs) You're going to the funny farm, man. (coughs) In fact, We used to have a plant in our house, and it used to drip this water on our television. And uh, then it died, and my wife blamed me. She said, you killed that plant. And I said I didn't. She said, yes, you did. She said, you complained so much about that plant that it heard your voice and now it has disappeared. So there you go. Oh, I was blamed, but there may have been some truth in that because what these guys did, they planted rice seeds in two similar plots. And one plot they prayed over and right next to another plot they didn't pray over. The ones they prayed over, they found they germinated and developed much faster than the ones not prayed over. So they swapped the two around All right, and then prayed over the the opposite one that hadn't germinated well. And they found again that the one that was prayed over germinated faster and did well. And they decided that science proves that prayer actually does work. During the service, I felt, just prior to getting up to speak, I felt God say to me, Miracles are in the house. That this is to be a day. Of miracles or maybe not just today in the coming days or weeks I want you to expect that and expect God to do something significant to you right now I want to welcome in Church Unlimited in Kaitaia. <clears throat> We trust that you're doing well up there and had a great service so far. I want to say how much I enjoyed being with you a few weeks ago in that service. But, you know, we saw a great demonstration of prayer right there because a prayer team from Auckland came up to you guys. Some of you know about it, about 10 of them. They prayed through the streets of Kaitaia. They claimed Kaitaia. They they claimed the region. They prayed blessing on the church. They prayed for a shift in the spirit. And of course, you know, we had a fantastic service, didn't we? It was awesome. People were saved. And so we believe there's been a shift in the spirit over Kaitaia. So expect great things to happen in the coming days and coming months. Just so good to have you as a part of a service this morning. We trust that you will be mightily blessed, so stay tuned, okay, and no falling asleep because I can see through the eyes of the Spirit if there's anyone wandering off in the service, okay? You're a wonderful group of people. Thank you for all that you do for Church Unlimited, Kai Tai. God bless you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 to 28. You know, it's really good to look at scripture because when you do, it actually gives you a hunger for how God might speak or how God can speak to you through his word. So, verse 24, there's an interesting story because Jacob's on the run from his brother Esau. Okay, he's scared because he had cheated his brother years ago and he's afraid his brother's basically gonna take him out. So, we see in verse 24, Genesis 32, then Jacob was left alone and a man, this is an angel, wrestle, angel of God, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. Now watch this. But Jacob said, here's a word for you, I will not let you go unless until you bless me. And we know that Jacob got a great answer to prayer. I will not let you go unless... Until you bless me. But here's Jacob. He's desperate, isn't he? He's in, in fear of his life. He's so desperate, he wrestles all night with this angel. And uh, most of us are not going to do that. Um, uh, we might wrestle with our, our wife, who we might see as an angel, but it's, you know, <laughs> or a husband. But uh, we're not going to wrestle all night, most of us, in, in this sort of a scenario. Psalm 109 verse 4 says, I give myself to prayer. Think about that. I give myself to prayer. this I think a Psalm of David or whoever the psalmist was. It, it, they're strong words. It's like he threw his whole being, his whole heart and his whole soul into prayer, just like Jacob did. Desperate prayers get God's attention. When we cry out almost in agony of heart, or in, in, in passionate, focused prayer, it gets God's attention. How many of you know that it's easy to pray and not focus? Your mind's all over the place. You know, common, common struggle we all have is, um, is getting distracted. Our thoughts wander all over the place. And I know, just read the other day, I was praying, and then I thought, now what am I praying for? And I couldn't even remember what I'd been praying for. My mind had wandered off in some far distance, uh, probably in Hawaii or Paris or some nice place that I wanted to be. But uh, they say that there's um, there's three top barriers to prayer. Three. First one is wandering thoughts. Your mind just all over the just like I said. Second is noise and distractions. And the third one is finding time. So imagine someone coming to you with a really, really serious request. Like they're just asking you, like they're really concerned about something in there. They're asking you to help them in the situation. But as they are talking to you, they're also answering the phone. You know, the phone comes along, you know, and all and else, maybe they're watching TV as they're talking to you, some real request that they might have for you, or they stop and they're, you know, turn, do, doing up their shoelaces or something like that. You'd think, oh, What's going on here? I thought this was a serious request, but it's almost like they're so distracted. Can't we be like that when we're praying to God? Just, you know, all over the place. But God wants us to focus because that kind of prayer gets his attention. You know, some Christians, no one here, but some Christians struggle to pray for five minutes. Isn't that true? And yet they can talk on the phone for an hour plus. Anyone ever hear phone been on the phone for over an hour? Yeah, I know you all have, especially when you were courting. Early days, you found her or him, and you could talk for an hour. you could talk for hours, two, three hours, even longer. And the phone, you know, it just, just kept on going. So we can we can talk for hours. So how come we can talk to hours for an hour to someone who can't help us, <laughs> and not talk to the one who has all power? to help us in every circumstance, in every situation of life. There's a man in our church, recent testimony, was fired from his uh, work three weeks before his wife is due to give birth, or sorry, due to go on maternity leave, and they're living in a house they can't afford. So they had to find a new home and a new job in two weeks, sent out 50 job applications, got one interview. Being unemployed and his wife pregnant, they weren't good people for getting a tendency for renting a place. And so they really struggle with that as well. They finally found a place, but it wasn't available till later on. So now they're down to three days until they're homeless and unemployed. Yeah, this is in our church, folks. So finally, finally the man broke down. He's outside in the back garden. He's on his knees. It's desperation, yelling, crying out to God with all his heart. That's when the Lord spoke to him and said, it's about time. This is where I wanted you. Just trust me. I've got everything under control. Go and call that house again. So he goes and calls the house. And within three hours, he's able to get this place to rent and he's able to move in, but he's still got no job to pay the rent. In this house, there's no internet, so he can't even apply for jobs, but however, he just cried out to God. Four days of waiting, that week, he finally got a call for his old boss, offered him a six-month contract. But three months later, he was short of money, and they, so they didn't pay their tithes, even though they could've, but they, they just didn't pay them, didn't feel do it. And, um, but then suddenly, he got this unexpected bill. So they thought, mmm, God convicted him. So he texted his wife and said, pay the tithes via push pay, just give them all the money we've got left. That's amazing, isn't it? Now listen to this. I just got this about two days ago. She paid the tithe at 11 a.m. At 11.20, the boss rings him and says, though there's three months to go on the contract, you can have a permanent contract now plus a pay rise. He says, God had it all under control. Trust and obey. But it wasn't till he got desperate. Poured out his heart to God. Desperate prayers get God's attention. They're powerful. One preacher said, before I get to what one preacher said, listen to what I've got to say. Here's another angle on prayer that may encourage you. Isn't it amazing how God listens to us and often even uh, answers our prayer even when we've only prayed in a time of need? You know, sometimes we just almost forget about God. We don't pray, we don't cry out to Him. And suddenly an emergency crops up. Oh, God, help me. And in His grace and mercy still hears us and answers us. He doesn't say... Well, where have you been the last two weeks? I haven't heard anything from you. Now because you've got a need, you're going to cry out to me? Get lost. That's what you and I would probably do. Not gone. He's merciful. He's kind. He always, has ears, attentive to our cry. His eyes are always open to our need and our circumstance. So... Even if you've got an appalling prayer life <laughs> and you virtually never pray, can I just say, when you've got to need, pray anyway. Because there's a good chance God's going to hear you in his mercy and grace. And when he answers you, it may inspire you to pray. So one preacher said that he made a bucket list of the things he wanted to accomplish before going to heaven. Now I think Bucket List was a movie about a couple of old guys, all the things they wanted to do before they died. I never managed to see that. But um, what would you have on your bucket list to pray for? Have you got a bucket list? I actually haven't got one, but it is a thought. What would you put on it? What are some some must-dos before you die? Maybe you'd like to see the Eiffel Tower. I don't know. Grand Canyon, something like that. I always have in mind an ocean liner cruise, which I know is not going to happen because my wife's not going to come with me. So that's sort of crossed off my my list there. Maybe your family to be saved. One on my list is, I've got to see revival in this church, in this city, in this nation, in the nations of the world. That's on my bucket list. It's on my bucket list. And I'm going to see it. I will see it before I pass on to heaven. But I want to encourage you, on your bucket list, have some impossible prayers. Have some prayers that intimidate you. Put something on there that it's going to take the miracle hand of God to accomplish and do in your situation in certain Because I believe impossible prayers get the attention of God. Do you know why? He's an impossible God. He loves to dwell in the realm of the impossible, and we're in a time in our church where it's a time for the impossible to become possible. It's time for the unlimited to become limited. It's time for God to break out here in Church Unlimited, up in Kaitiah, wherever you might be. It, God wants to uh, do the impossible for you. So what are you, But being led by the Spirit, of course, not just out of ego ambition. Why don't you think of some impossible prayers and let God show himself off. Let him show his glory to his church in a greater dimension than we've ever seen before. Make a bucket list. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10 because here's a guy that knew how to pray maybe what you'd call impossible prayers. Uh, It's a prayer of Jabez. And Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Why? Because of how he prayed called on the God of Israel, and he said four things. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, your hand be, be upon me, and keep me from evil. Jabez prayed four things. Add these to your prayer list. Number one, pray. For, he said, God bless me. That means God bless me indeed. It means God bless me a lot. I pray this prayer every day, and I said, God, today, bless me a lot. I'm greedy, God. Bless me today. Try it, folks. Try it. It works. It works. God will bless you a lot. Just pray that prayer. Then he said, um, Enlarge my territory. In other words, God, help me to change the world. You're a world changer. You're a global minister through giving, through praying, through growing. Ask God to enlarge your territory. He prayed for presence. Let your hand be with me. And he prayed for protection. Keep me from evil. Why did he pray that last one? Keep me from evil. Pray for protection. When you start to pray impossible prayers, When you start to step into your destiny, when you start to be a global minister and impact this world, guess what? The devil is going to get stirred up and come against you. That's why you pray for protection. Pray the impossible prayers, but at the same time pray for protection that God will watch over you. I wonder up in Church Unlimited, Kaita, do we have some Jabez spirit people who are going to pray this prayer for God to bless To enlarge, because God wants to do a great work up there in Kaitaia. Pray, God, enlarge our territory. Take Kaitaia. Take beyond for the glory of God. We want to reach Northland for Jesus, and we're commissioning you to do that in Jesus' name. And God wants to leave us astounded. Testimony came in. My parents were rejected for a visitor's visa. They'd been in the country for some time in New Zealand. So we just thank God knowing that to go home though it was hard. They prayed. A week later, immigration manager, listen to this, emailed them and said they'd made a procedural error. And the parents were eligible to stay nine months, which means they can stay until residency is granted. I never imagined immigration would say they made a procedural error. Only God can do that. Leave me astounded. One of the ways God could leave you astounded is found in Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. I'll give you time to find it because I'm having to take time to find it. Matthew 17, verse 15 to 19 says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Here it is. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. God, uh, Jesus heals the boy. And then in verse 21 says, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here we have a story here of this epileptic boy. The disciples try and deliver him, set him free. And maybe you've been trying to get a breakthrough in your situation, but you're having no success in it. And so Jesus says to him, the reason the prayers were not answered, they were faithless and perverse. Faithless means they were not connected enough to God. Perverse means they were too connected to the world. Faithless, not connected enough to God. Perverse, too connected to the world. And so prayer and fasting is the key. Because what prayer connects us to God? Fasting disconnects us from the world. Put the two together and you've got prayers that get God's attention. You've got prayers that God is going to answer and give you a breakthrough. Prayer and fasting is one of the most powerful weapons that God has placed in our lives. But it's not just fasting from food. How about fasting from television? Fasting from movies for a year? not an amen in the house. (laughs) Thought there'd be at least one. What about fasting from the internet? Fasting from social media for a month. Hey, Some of you are going to shut down, aren't you? You're going to go to bed for the month without your social media. And uh, that includes shutting it down, uh, your social media, while I'm preaching. Responses are pretty slow there, but anyway. (laughs) Fasting. Why don't you come with me to 2 Kings 13? I'm sorry there's a lot of Bible this morning, but it's probably not a bad thing. 2 Kings 13, 17 to 19. All right, this is uh, Elisha. Uh, King Joash is being attacked by Elisha, and he gives him the key to victory. 2 Kings 13, 17 to 19. So verse 17 says, then he said, open the east window, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them, and he said to the, said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. So I've got my arrows. They're not the best arrows that you might find. So what this guy does is he, he takes his arrows, and he, two, three, and he stops. The story continues in verse 19. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. What's the lesson? Elisha did not persist in prayer. He went so far And quit. As a result, he never won the victory that God had purposed and intended for his life against the Syrians. And one of the things that get God's attention is when we persist in prayer, when we push it out. Because you know what persistence actually is? Another definition of persistence: faith. Why? He said, "Well, I prayed seven years. I prayed. I've te- prayed fifteen years." When you persist after 15 years, that's a demonstration of great faith to God that He is going to come through in your situation and circumstance. So what we're gonna do tonight in our service, we're gonna get out our arrows, as it were, and we're gonna push through and pray. We're gonna persist. We're gonna we've prayed so many times, you'll pray so you're gonna pray again. For that breakthrough with your family, you're going to pray again. For that breakthrough in your personal life, and your marriage, you're going to pray again. For that breakthrough and wherever you need it, for your healing, we're going to pray again. We're going to keep striking the ground again and 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 again until we've got the breakthrough in Jesus' name because we serve a God who loves to answer our prayers. With effective prayer everything comes back to our relationship with God. The prayers out of relationship get God's attention. Prayers of intimacy get God's attention. When you get to know God more and you keep going down that track, you're more and more going to get God's attention when you pray. You know, it's easy to try and build a relationship with God through a preacher or through a church or through a group, or through friends. Some people, no one here, and no one in Kytar, I'm sure. But in other places, Australia and other countries like that, some people need a speaker. They need a group. They need music to feel any connection with God. If you remove all the props, For some people, there's little relationship with God that's actually left. Years gone by, they didn't have any of it. No sound system. No lighting. No smoke machines. No choir. No nothing. Just you and God in silence. That's when you find out your relationship with God. That's when you find out how close you are to God, when all the props, and I think we've done a disservice to many people by giving so many props, that we feel we're closer to God when sometimes we actually aren't. So then when it comes to a desperation situation, we have to pray, we may find it a little bit difficult. You know, the old folks' prayer meeting many years ago, no singing, no preaching, but they could pray all night. That's... Relationship, that's prayer that gets the attention of God. One of the dangers is we get close to someone who's got close to God. And then we think we're close to God. But we need to get close for ourselves. For the whole basis of the Christian faith is I don't need a man to go to God for me. I can go direct to the throne of God for myself and find help in time of need i don't need a mediator any longer it's me and god there's no barrier between you and god you don't need any person in between you don't need me you don't need your parents you don't need your leader you don't need pastors. you don't need anyone you have direct access to the throne of god you have as much access as i have you have as much access as the apostle paul had there is no limits there is no barriers and as we get closer to god our prayers are going to hear uh, be heard. You know, it's impossible to have a relationship with anyone without communication. You know, it's easy to talk to God. Let's say we call him on the phone. All right. It's easy to talk to God and say, Lord, I, I really need your help today. I've just got a lot of issues at the moment. And would you just help me with these relationships? And you know, I've got, I've got a really difficult work per, person at work, and, and if you can just resolve that situation for me, God, that would be good. And please, Lord, while, while you're at it, would you look after my kids and just make sure they're safe and, and everything's okay? Thanks, God. <laughs> What's that about? prayer's not a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. So... <clears throat> I think it's more important to hear what God's got to say to you than what you've got to say to God. Which do think is more important? What God has to say or what you have to say? Yeah. So, listen. <laughs> Talk to God and listen. Look, listen carefully. If you listen enough, you're going to hear. You will. If you listen enough, you will start to hear. I think sometimes we just don't expect it. We don't believe it. Finally, pray for others if you want to get God's attention. James 5, 16, pray for one another. Jesus was always praying for others. In fact, he almost virtually never prayed for himself. Maybe in the garden he did. But prayers for others are the most Christ-like prayers of all. They're the most powerful, probably, prayers of all. We can pray for ourselves, and we need to, but praying for others is of immense worth and value. Because we have a powerful weapon at our disposal right now that we can reduce the burdens and the worries and the cares of other people around us. My wife, Adrienne, did communion this morning. She is fantastic in this area. I often tell me, I'm praying for this one, that one, the other. I don't even know some of their names. And every day she's praying for this, this, and the other. And it's, it's taught me... Uh, to do a bit more of that as well. And so of late, I've been praying for three people every day. Every day. And, and I'm just it's, I'm amazed at the results that I am hearing back as pertains to these different people. Praying for others gets God's attention. We all need to do it a bit more. We, we'll do a bit of that tonight, I think. Because do you know what happens? You reap what you sow. You pray for others, others are going to pray for you. And the blessing of God is going to go through the roof in your life. It would be fantastic. God wants to answer more of your prayers than ever before. This is a season wherein I believe it with all my heart. I'm seeing more prayers than ever before. And God wants you to see more prayers than ever before. He wants to leave you astounded. I've got a stack of testimonies just been coming through in recent times that somehow I'll try and get through to sharing with you of people just being left astounded, like amazing things. In fact, I'm hearing so much now, I'm starting to think, I I need to preach a message on Church Unlimited Miracle Center because this is becoming a place of miracles. It's becoming a place of breakthroughs, becoming a place of answered prayers. It's just, just a wonderful thing. It's a new era of conquest. You're an acceleration of expansion, acceleration in all areas, acceleration of miracles, acceleration of families being saved, acceleration of finances. You you can put anything to it that you'd like. And right now, God wants to answer more of your prayers than ever before. King Joash was attacked, and Elisha gave him the key to the victory. I want to encourage you to reach out to God in prayer. And pray prayers that get God's attention, because God is ready to answer. Church Unlimited Kai thank you for joining us this morning. Love you all. Enjoy the rest of your service today. I'm off to the city with my arrows. A couple of people I want to shoot in there. If you can join us tonight, we're going to strike the ground. That break, you, that break you through you thought wasn't going to come, it's going to come. It's on its way. It may not come tonight, but we're going to keep doing this. It's going to come in Jesus' name. We're going to sing how great is our God. And uh, why don't you stand with us as a musicians lead us in this fantastic song. And if you can join us tonight, we're going to see the greatness of our God manifest, His power and His glory in our service tonight. Thanks, team. How great.